Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. This. Yeah. I just going to. <laughs> I, I don't know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your validation. Thank you. Yeah. I needed that this morning. Uh, I don't know. For some reason it just sounded wrong. And I was like, do I have another line? No. I just go straight into. Welcome to the podcast. This week we're talking about the ninth episode of the first season of Leverage. It's called The Stork Job. Beth, what did you think? Okay. First of all, I want to make a note. My prediction... Not wrong. Not too far off. I was impressed with myself. I'm not going to lie. I'm not often correct. No. You're you're actually decently close. Yeah. I was was very happy with myself. However, I immediately was distracted when this episode started because I am so sorry to whoever the actors were in this episode. That opening scene in the parking garage... It's bad. Yeah. The acting is bad. Like, I'm sorry. Like, to be fair, I couldn't do any better. I'm not an actress, <laughs> however, as a person consuming media. And, like, they were fine. The rest of the episode. Just that one was person, kind of, yeah. Like, it wasn't... No one was, like, you know, Oscar-worthy really? or whatever. But, like, the rest of the episode was absolutely fine. Completely standard levels of acting. But for some fucking reason, just the opening scene where that, you know, the husband and wife, like, you know, they're like, where's Luther? Confront them. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, it's not good. It's not good. And then he, like, gets the shit beat out of him. And I realized, I was like, oh, I'm certainly not watching Supernatural because that man lived. <laughs> but yes, no, I, the acting. Mm, also, I, I call it out in Supernatural, so I have to call it out here. The sound effects in that first fight scene are very bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, for equality... But here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just leverage hits the nostalgia buttons for me. So, like, I love it. Yeah. Oh, no. Look, I understand that completely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just... Yeah, it was not good. Like I said, rest of the episode, excellent. Like, it was, it was fine. It was good. It was just for some fucking reason. I don't know what was wrong with, in that particular scene it just it just felt bad <laughs> however yeah on the topic of acting yeah tell me why i was emotionally upset when fucking sister magna died <laughs> i know <laughs> so we've finally been introduced to like this really fun plot caveat character thing of sophie is immaculate if she's pretending to be an actress to steal somebody's money yeah. or in this case small child yeah but what, ordinarily what she's, but she is fantastic i also the fact that i she i thought nate was actually gonna say to her face sophie you can't act i was like <laughs> sitting there like gonna shit myself because i was like if you say that to her face Parker has already stabbed someone with a fork already yeah. this episode. If you say that to Sophie to her face, she is going to shove that fucking little canapé through your gullet, sir. You won't take another damn breath. <laughs> but no, and you, like, I do really love that moment because you're sort of waiting for him to, like, crush her dreams because, like, that's what we've come to know Nate for. Like, he crushes yeah. everyone's dreams regardless. And then he's like, no, I can't do it. I can't, she, she I can't hurt her feelings mm-hmm. like that. And so he's like, okay, yeah. we'll go with it. And he's like sort of like doing the mental math, trying to work out like pros and cons. Is her acting going to be so bad that it's going to tip off? Yeah. Although to be fair, 
Well, the movie that they're working on is, what was it? NATO soldiers attacked by werewolves. Yeah. Something tells me this is not, like, an A-list movie. No. Absolutely not. I think it's probably, like, getting on for, like, E, F, G. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't think anyone would have even noticed if she was bad. Yeah. But, like, actually, I want to take a second. I just... Just a second. Because I enjoy this episode a lot. Yeah. I literally was like laughing out loud. Yeah. It's the first episode that I haven't actually hated Nate. Like there was Mm. no point in this episode where I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Every other episode to this point, I've been like, there's been at least one moment where I'm like, oh my God, he's annoying. I even liked the Sophie Nate dynamic this episode. I I get it for the first time. I'm like, oh, I see it. Yeah. It's the first time I haven't wanted to scream that Sophie, babe, you can do better. Yeah. Like, there was flirting with, like, the little flirty flirt with Parker and Hardison. There was, like, emotional trauma. There's character development. I'm learning about their past. Yeah. Dude, this was a good episode. It is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Mm -hmm. like... I would rewatch this episode quite happily. Oh, I just I, felt like you needed that. <laughs> that nourishes my soul because this is one of my favorite episodes of the first season. Yeah, and no, it's good. I just, I love it so much, and there's so many little things that I love. Um, let's let's go back to the beginning a little bit. Yeah, and talk about the gala at the American Embassy. Yes, because this just has so many moments in that one, like that one scene that I just love. Yeah, so, Parker stabbing. The, the guy, guy with, with the fork. fork, which babe saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The part when when he's like, not everyone's worth saving. I was like, literally, fuck you. And then she stabbed him with a fork, and I was like, yeah, exactly. I was like, you did just kind of ruin everything, Thank but God. I understand why, <laughs> and I forgive you. <laughs> I love the little flashback we get to um to bloody Sophie being Princess Magda of Slovenia. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, she, and they're like, well, someone can't be in here because the ambassador would recognize her. Oh my god, Sophie and Nate having their whole like back and forth conversation that reminder everyone can hear. Yeah. Because they're all wearing the little the earpieces. And well, also trying right to com- like coach both Parker and Elliot yeah. through their respective cons. Yeah. Oh god, and fucking Parker. I Iconic. <laughs> when Nate's like giving her options yeah. and she's just saying all of them. <laughs> or like, he's like talking to Sophie and like, we don't know what's happening with Parker, but then you just get Nate going, no, 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 no. Parker, sleeping is not a hobby. Bitch. I disagree. Sleeping is 100% a hobby. Oh, I could, a sleeping is not a hobby. Napping, however. Ooh. I feel like there's a distinction. There's a distinction. And you are 100% correct. Sorry. Sleeping, essential. Napping, optional, enjoyable. Hobby. Hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Can't let this podcast. It's optional, but it's enjoyable. So we continue to do it. Uh, You've also got Irina reading Elliot for filth in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's like, your hair is too long, you're about to lie to me, like, fuck up. Right? I was like, damn, this lady's good. And, like, exactly like Sophie said. Because what's really interesting, and I just really want to take a sec to, like, talk about it. So, Irene is kind of like a Sophie mirror. Yeah. Like, 100%. Like, they don't even try to hide it. This is 
So it's because Nate's entire plan is based on what would, what would Sophie, Sophie do? For, for yeah. Like what would? How could you convince Sophie to do this? If Sophie exactly. was just a worse person mm-hmm. and more desperate, yeah. what would Sophie do? And I'm just thinking, I'm like getting flirting tips from this. I'm like, oh, make them laugh. It's like have emotion. Make them associate the emotion with. I was like, is this Pavlov? Also, <laughs> Nate being like, you would never use that on me, and Sophie being like. I have no idea what yeah. you're talking oh about. Oh my god! I was like Damn. iconic. What a babe! And like now that I know that that is a thing that like she has specifically talked about, it makes me want to go back and see if she's done it. Like it makes me want to go back and be like, oh, is this like a, a choice like a, that has been made in all the episodes that I just haven't picked up on because like I'm not privy to the the interaction. And, like, to be fair, I'm not actually going to go back and rewatch, but, like, it's probably the first thing that has made me actually want to go back and rewatch because yeah. it's like, oh, I want to look for this and see if it's that's something they just came up with for this episode or if she's been doing it the whole fucking time. Yeah. Because it's genius. Mm-hmm. It's like that fucking thing about, do you remember that Tumblr post from, like, years ago? And it's about this girl who, like, every time she sees this guy that she likes, she gives him his, like, favourite, like, gum or whatever. Yeah. And then it, like... Just every time he sees her, he, like, gets happy and is, doesn't understand why. because <laughs> of the gum. And I was just like, damn. Like, it's it's the same. Except, like, like it is. It's, it's fucking yeah. Pavlov. And I'm just sitting here like, shit. It's genius, really. Um, I mean, it's like Pavlov speedrun, but, you know. Yeah. Also, Hardison doing the little bit of, I want to select your blood. Oh. And oh, Parker because... immediately by breaking character. <laughs> Being like, hard oh, And it's because he's fucking jealous that this dude is flirting with... And I just think that's so funny. I think it's so funny. I am really liking the little, like, winky-winky that's happening between those two. I think it's nice. I don't think it feels forced. Mm-hmm. Which oftentimes, like, Sophie and Nate kind of feels forced. Yeah. Like I said, this is the first episode where I'm like, oh, I kind of see it without it being, like, thrust upon me. But also the reason it kind of feels forced is, like, that's kind of the whole thing. Like, they're sort of forcing themselves because they have, like, all of this history and they're, like, trying to make it work despite because of the history, despite the fact they're different people now and it doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. It's this. It's a very strange situation. But, like, yeah, Parker and Hardison, like, it's just, I like it. I think it's very sweet. Yeah. I think is the word I'm looking mm. for. Like, it doesn't feel... It feels genuine. Yeah. Like, it feels like, oh, like, I... Like, you know, like, he in this episode, he... She says, like, I don't need a babysitter. And he's like, I'm not here because of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he doesn't elaborate on it, but it's like, you know he's there because he's worried about her. Because he can see she's oh, too emotionally connected to this. Mm-hmm. He can see that she's going to be taking risks. And she, he wants to be there and the issue in is case she needs that backup. Parker has almost no self-awareness, so she doesn't realise that she's too emotionally attached to this. And that she's... And she may not even realise that there would be another reason for him to be there other than he's been told that he needs to babysit her. Yeah. And it's just, oh, and the bit that fucking got me. Okay. Yep. Oh, There's so many bits that you could be talking about right now, so I'm just waiting and seeing. I I think we need to devote, like, probably the next 20 minutes to just talking about Parker in this episode. Okay, yep. It's a Parker-heavy episode. It's one of the reasons I love this episode. Where, yeah. where, do you have a place that you would like to start? Because I, yeah, I think I know exactly where I want to start. But if you have a place, it's I know where I want to start. I'm gonna say something very quickly, and then I'm gonna let you take over because I want to yeah. know what. Because this is like your yeah. domain, and I want to know what you want to say. Okay. Um, 
I knew exactly why you were very excited for me to see this episode. And I can't remember if you said it on the last episode of the podcast or if it was something you said after we stopped recording. But you did tell me that, like, you were so excited for me to see this because you knew there would be character development and stuff and you know that's what I love, right? Yeah. So I knew exactly why you love this episode so much within the first, like, three minutes. Yeah. And it's when they're at the conference table mm-hmm. and they're going through the thing and Parker is just, like, straight up identifying all of the signs that this kid has been neglected and abused. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I completely understand why Jamie was excited to watch this episode. Yeah. Because, yeah, I I don't think I need to elaborate on that. Like, these are the kinds of things that you know and understand intimately when you are the person who has been in that position. Yeah. And, yeah, I I immediately was like, I understand, like, this, what this episode is going to be like in terms of character development and in terms of, like, Parker as a character. And I was ready. I was like, I'm ready to be emotionally destroyed by this episode. And then I was. So, (laughs) so I was going to go the opposite end, the right at the end of the episode for maximum, like emotional damage and then work out, and then work our way back through the smaller stuff. Okay. But for me, the moment where it's like, I think this episode is the one where I was like, Oh, I love Parker. Like Parker is my favorite. Like, and for me, it's the moment where she is sure that they have real guns and she tries to cover over yeah. the fucking back door of the yeah. bus to save the children. Yeah, she straight up throws her entire body across them. And I was just like, yeah. This and isn't meant to be a fun episode of I, TV. I'm not meant to be sitting here like almost sobbing. I thought, like, as soon as they started open fire, I was like, the prop guns. Like, it hit me. Yeah. And I was like, because I remembered, because. You've been telling me everything they do yeah. has a meaning. And, and if you I was like, earlier in X. the scene, they have the little X's on the bottom early yeah. in the scene because what they had done is Swap. earlier that day yeah. they'd swapped them out so that they didn't have the... Exactly. And, like, I remember yeah. thinking about it because they made a point of showing Hardison do the white cross on the bottom of the gun. And I was like, that's going to come back later. Yeah. And so I was like, oh... Thank God they're props. But I, up until that point, I Parker was has no idea. shitting myself. Yeah. And that's the other thing. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know they're props. So she full on was like, I'm going to die. And my final act is going to be putting myself between those automatic weapons and this bus full of children. And I was like, just sitting like... Again, it's like it's a 40-minute light-hearted TV episode. You're not meant to be yeah, sitting here like fuck? almost sobbing. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like the thing is, up to this point, it's been like a pretty like funny ep- like it's a funny, it's a very funny and enjoyable Obviously, episode. Like very uh, intense themes. Yeah. And storyline as usual. The balance they hit with like the comedy and like the like rip your heart out of motions in this one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I think that for me is the moment where it like your heart really gets ripped out. Obviously, there are little tiny heart repair moments earlier, especially yeah. to do with Parker. The conversation she has with Hardison. Yeah, where she's like, that was going to be my next thing too. We put these kids in the system, chances are they're going to turn out like me. I know. And it's like, oh, fuck. You know, you just... And we do not have time to unpack this whole, like, problematic nature of the, you know... Uh, foster care foster and adoption system system and quite frankly we're not the people to have opinions on it because we've not been involved with it especially not internationally so yeah. it's you know it's, it's difficult but yeah just the thought that she's like 
I don't want anyone else to A, go through what I did, but B, like, she thinks that she is somehow, like, wrong or broken in some way that is, like, she seems to think is, like, irreparable or irredeemable. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. And then friggin' Hardison. He's a sweetie, isn't he? <laughs> oh, like, literally, she's, like, said this, and obviously, like, you know, it's a hugely vulnerable mm. thing. And she's not the kind of person to be vulnerable. No. This is, I think, the first time, really, we've seen her be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it in the pilot? And they, they showed a clip of her blowing up her fucking parents. And she was like, Ha-ha. Yeah, so fun fact about that. I don't think that's her actual parents. I don't think they actually confirm. I think it's her abusive foster family. Ah. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't really... I don't think, yeah, I don't think we ever get confirmation. Like, we, mm. we get confirmation that she doesn't really give a shit about her dad dying. But I always read that scene as her abusive foster parents. Right, okay. Yeah. Either way, you know, we have that scene and you sort of are like... We, we so far, have not gone into, like, any of, like, the emotions actually involved in that. And a lot of, like, the stuff we've heard about Parker's past has kind of just been, like... She's, she's really like, good. She says she's, a, yeah, and she yeah. has a very straight face, and there's, yeah. she's kind of like, what what about it? Like, you know, and we don't actually get to delve into any of the, like, emotional, like, mm-hmm. responses, but, like, this episode, they really did, and, like, she's quite vulnerable, and, like, she's crying, and I don't think, like, obviously, they're, like, putting a little bit of, like, a romantic kind of build in between. Yeah. Like, it's pretty obvious. Like, it's not, you, no. you would have to be blind to not yeah. pick up on it, but... I do think that this particular conversation, regardless of the romantic like undertones, undertones yeah. is that none of the other she could not have had this conversation with any of the other characters except maybe Sophie. Yeah. Like she could not have no. had it with Elliot. No. She could not have had it with Nate. No. Maybe Sophie, because Sophie's got more of a maternal yeah. kind of role. And Hardison's the only other. And the fact that he literally just says to her, like I like how you turned out mm. because he, there is nothing wrong. Like she yeah. is not fundamentally wrong or bad or broken. She's excellent. You know, she's the best at what she does. Yeah. And she's a good person. And she's as evidenced by the fact she literally throws herself in front of yeah, children she, to protect them from bullets. She's, she's caring and she's kind and smart and considerate. And all of these, like all of the things that you would want yeah. in a person, in a friend, you know, and, you know, he says to her, well, I like how you turned out. And it, and then that's that's it. And he doesn't, like, push her or, like, anything. And he, like, in response to her being vulnerable, is vulnerable with her. And he says, you know, my foster mum was, you know, great. And she's sort of like, it's like, hi, oh, you know, you grew up with your grandmother. And he's like, no. We just called her now. Yeah. And so it's, it's nice because, like, not only do we get more information about Parker, but we also in return, get information about Hardison that we didn't know. And it's just like, oh, this is the stuff that I love. <laughs> no further comment. Like, no this, further comment. I, I just adore, like, going into this stuff. And it's so interesting to me. And I really love how they did that scene. I thought it was, I thought it was really heartfelt. Yeah. And it didn't feel overdone. It, yeah. I think with a lot of TV shows, you can get these sort of scenes and you're like, Oh, they, they were really going for a big emotional payoff here. Like they that's what they were aiming 
Like, they don't just let it be, like, subtle and I, understated. Like, they're like, oh, this is the big emotional scene, so we're going to go yeah, and I make also, a big emotional scene. I also appreciate, and I think this is the part that I really, like, obviously the whole scene is great, but I mm-hmm. think the part that really stood out to me about what Hardison said is that I think in, a, like, another context or in another show, what would have happened is Parker is upset about mm-hmm. how she feels about herself and how she yeah. felt about how she grew up. Hardison makes the comment about growing up with his own foster mother and yeah. that is played as a dramatic reveal which then takes over the scene and it becomes about him. Yeah. And they don't do that. No. And they, the focus is on her. He doesn't make that reveal as a, well, you know, let's make this about me. And it doesn't suddenly, the scene doesn't suddenly change to become about him. It is well, still Well, I had a good time her. in the system, so the system can't be broken. Exactly. Sort of exactly. And it's not even a... It's not even him saying, like, well, if you think, like, you're broken, do you think I'm broken? Do you yeah. think I'm, like, somehow yeah. bad? It's it's not like that. It's not like that at all. And it doesn't feel like it. And I have certainly seen other scenes in other shows and other movies, especially when you've got, like, a male character and a female character, where the female character will be going through something and the male character will, um, like, it will just become about them sort of inherently. Like, and whatever they say is supposed to be, like, comforting or whatever, but it's actually not. And I just, I really appreciated, like, this scene and that interaction. It was just so nice. And the acting, also, I should mention, the acting was great. Like, phenomenal. Like, talking about the bad acting right at the start, this is the other end of the spectrum. This was lovely. Yeah. Really lovely. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Uh, No. Uh, Yeah, this is just such a Parker Harvey episode, and I'm so glad. So you liked the character development and backstory we got in this? Yeah, I did. I think it um it's it adds uh, a depth. I don't really know how to describe it. I think because up to this point, one of the things that's been frustrating me about Leverage is that I'm like, I don't... Like, I know who these characters are face value. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to get beyond, like, two layers. Yeah. You know? Like, if you think about an onion. Let's, mm-hmm. let's hark back to Shrek for a moment. If we think about an onion, yeah. I feel like I've maybe peeled back the skin and a layer. But I want to get to the fucking core. I want yeah. to cry. <laughs> like, you know, if you peel you peel the outer layer off an onion, you're like, oh, it's just an onion. But it's not till you cut into it that it makes you want to die inside. And that's what I want. <laughs> I want the tears. <laughs> I think that's actually a really fun metaphor. Um, I think it's also one of those things is like, okay, yeah, leverage doesn't give you a lot of character depth in the first few episodes. But I think that's a really, actually, really good choice on the... Maybe not from a, like, trying to get people to watch your TV show standpoint, but from a, these people are hardened criminals. Yeah. They need to have walls that are fucking tough as shit. Like, you should not be getting to know these criminals at, like, the depth of the core of the onion. Yeah. Because... Out of necessity, they don't want those connections. They don't want so there's no real good opportunities to be able yeah. to give you. So sort of delaying that payoff of actually learning like significant amounts about like the character and their emotional state mm. and all of those vulnerable squishy things inside. Yeah, I think works really well from like a overall, overall point of view. But it's not the greatest from a like oh I have a friend who really likes character development. Let's get to start <laughs> watching Leverage. Yeah, I think on that as well, it is interesting because it puts you in a position where, like, because all of them do have to have that sort of exterior where they're like, well, I cannot, 
I can't let anyone in because that is just not the lifestyle. Yeah. Like, you know, it puts you in a position where it forces the other characters to be learning information about each other at the same time as the audience. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of nice to be able to have, like, like we learned about Hardison's past at the same time that Parker did. This is not a thing that no. we were aware of. No. And same goes. Like, and, like, they have talked aware. about his nana before, but they've never mentioned... Never explained this. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, like... Parker makes the point, like, you grew up with your nana. If they hadn't said that, yeah. as the audience, we would have been like, well, what is... They've just retconned their own fucking show. Yeah. Which, you know... But yeah. they didn't. They had her point that out. And we as the audience like, yeah, we already fucking knew that. And then he clarifies. So we're learning it at the same time as her. Mm. He's learning this stuff about her at the same time as we are. And no one else is privy. Yeah. Because why would they be? Like, unless somehow, you know, they've had some kind of, like... I don't know, looking into her background, they found yeah. it out. But honestly, Hardison would be the one to do that anyway. Yeah. So, And like Hardison does know, he's like, look, I know your childhood was bad. Like, yeah. Because he's done research. He's done research on all the other team members. Yeah. So like, but he knows like the notes on a page. <laughs> Sorry, I just like imagined like a LinkedIn, but it's like, <laughs> it's like LinkedIn, but for the dark web, you know? <laughs> But no, like, so yeah, so obviously he's hacked into a whole bunch of, like, different government databases and all that sort of stuff. So he, like, he generally knows, but, like, also he doesn't know how she feels about it. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, you can't psychoanalyze someone just from words on a page written by someone else from an incident that they don't, like, it's not a primary source, I guess. While we're on this, I know that, like, obviously we're just talking about how, like, they've all got hardened exteriors and they don't let each other in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The only exception to that, obviously, being Sophie and Nate. Mm-hmm. And you can see how that has already complicated their relationship. Yeah. Like, And that's exactly why they have these yeah. rules. Because if they don't and people get in, it gets complicated real quick. And it can mm-hmm. be really disastrous Yeah, for, like, down the track. Yeah. Stuff. And, like, if you think about it and you think about which characters we know the most about, you can sort of see, like, which ones have the thickest walls. Yeah. Like, we already know... We know quite a bit about Hardison. Mm. Hardison doesn't have, like, of the all of them, Hardison has the thinnest walls, I would say. I would agree. Hardison is just, like, a very, he's like a chatty Cathy. Yeah. He's just, like, happy to, like, yeah. you know. He work. also, unlike the others, he doesn't have massive trauma I, in his past. I also think that he is probably more confident and comfortable sharing stuff with them, like, more easily. Yeah. Because he's done background reading on yeah. them. So it's kind of like that swap. Like, he yeah. already knows information about them. So he's like, well, as like a... a equal exchange. Equal exchange, them. exactly. Like, I will provide more information about me. And then they're like on equal footing almost. Yeah. Whereas if he didn't do that, then he yeah. would just have a bunch of information on them. And that like feels inherently like unbalanced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like Hardison's probably the most open out of them. But like... Park is really the last one that we've gotten any sort of information about. Yeah, because we didn't know basically anything about Elliot, but then we had the episode with the horse. Yeah. And then that gave us at least a little, little bit, bit more backstory. Yeah. I mean, not a whole lot, really, yeah. given some of the flashbacks we've seen yeah. of Elliot to this But even point. then, like, we've gotten little... Like, in the wedding job, we got a little bit in his conversation with Hardison. True. Like, we, we've gotten a whole bunch of just sort of, like, little throwaway bits from Elliot. So it feels like we know more about him. We've, we've had more, like, flashbacky stuff. Yeah. So it feels like a more sort of intricate web. Yeah. I guess. Like, Nate, of course, we know his son died, which is all you need to know about Ugh. a person. 
It's like, what's that fucking franchise where Liam Neeson is just always looking for his daughter? (laughs) That's all I know about that series. Yeah. He's just always looking for her. You know, and actually, no, I reckon Sophie has the thickest walls. Because we know, like, actually jack shit about Sophie as a person. But because Sophie is so good at manipulating people, you don't even think about it. Wait. Sorry. I just had a thought. I had a thought so intense that I had to grab the table next to me. Um... I know this would not happen, but yeah. I just think it would be amazing. What if? Yeah. What if at the end of like the series or something, like it turns out that Sophie has been playing all of them this whole fucking time. Like it is just her longest mm. con, and like she just turns around and like con- and it just takes fucking everything. I would not even be mad. <laughs> I'd be like, Sophie, babe, you conned me too. Honestly. <laughs> strip me for all that I'm worth like fuck that would be so and do you know what it would be in character because she's like that's her whole thing she yeah. could just be running the world's most like elaborate long con and here's the thing none of them would know she would be like rewriting the playbook yeah. she you know how they've got the, like oh like the this con or whatever yeah. it would be like the leverage con yeah that would be incredible if if that was the series finale, yeah. I would lose my fucking mind. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because you're right. We know fucking nothing about yeah. Sophie. Like, what do we know about Sophie? That she used to know Nate. Yeah. And she, used to, she stole art. Yeah. She's a good, bad actress. Yeah. That's fucking it. We, we know nothing about Sophie's backstory. We like her because she... Is like she's charismatic and she's and maternal char- and, and and nice. Yeah, but that could her that could be her fucking acting. She's like the mum of the friend group. Dude, I'm gonna lose my mind because she could literally be acting this entire time. Yeah, because the people that she cons like her too. Yep, it would serve Nate right. Oh wait, sorry. I know that I just had my mind blown, but immediate topic change. Um. He didn't wear a stupid hat this time. No, he compensated with With crazy hair. hair. (laughs) I was just going to say, this is why he wears those dumb fucking hats. (laughs) To cover up his dumb fucking hair. (laughs) Yeah. Although it really did help him to pull off the crazed director vibe. Um, It is my favourite of the Nate cons. Yeah. Although, to be fair, not a high bar. No. Anything is better than the fucking crazed... I love that, like, Sophie's entire, like, MO is, like, I'm going to make you like me so much that you'll literally give me fucking anything. And Nate's is, like, I'm going to piss you off to the point where you're, like, I just want to be rid of this fucking dude. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Also, I have a question. Yeah. (laughs) Why was he firing a gun to call action? I don't. I think he just did it for the drama. Honestly, I think... It's really funny, but I was, like, I would scream. (laughs) I think it's a gun with blanks in it. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's shooting real bullets at this point. I think it's just to get, like, the vibe. Yeah. Like, I think that's meant to be, like, the the point is, like, to A, sell the, like, crazy director bit, and B, like, the vibe of the movie is, like, gunshots. Mm. NATO soldiers getting attacked by werewolves. Yeah. Which, do you remember in Crossroad Blues, when we're talking about Crossroad Blues from Supernatural, and I'm like, this scene feels really familiar. Like, it feels like a... This is the episode. <laughs> that is the scene where they're getting chased by fake and werewolves. On a farm. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's hilarious. I see it now. I I see it. Um, <laughs> do you see why? Like I was sitting there, like, oh god. 
Oh, goodness gracious. So, while we're talking about Supernatural very briefly, mm. P.A. Parker versus P.A. Dean fight. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're the literal opposites. Yeah. Like, Parker fucking hates it. Yeah. Dean's in love with it. It'd yeah. be like, oh. Though you just know that Dean would take one look at Parker and be like, I'm, abdu- I'm abducting this small child. Literally, though, wouldn't he? He act- mm. mm-hmm. He literally would adopt her. Yeah. Immediately. He'd be like, is no anybody going to claim this small child and then this not wait for a traumatized an child with parental issues? Yeah. <laughs> and not even wait for an answer. Um, oh, okay. So, quick question. Yeah. They were actually making a movie. Like, they were just in charge of that whole fucking set. Yeah. I, was, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see, like, at the very end of the episode, like, a cut of the, like, an ad for the movie or something, kind of like, from yeah. that Supernatural episode. I really would have loved to see, like, something about, yeah. like, as if they had actually, as if the movie had been finished. I don't, I think basically what they did is they just sort of abandoned it. Like, after they used oh, it, they just yeah. straight up abandoned Obviously, it. Obviously, but I would have loved <laughs> To see like a yeah. cut of like the finished product, I just think that as if been like so the producer funny. like got his money back and then went and then went back, back to finish it, and they just had all this fucking footage. <laughs> I would have adored it. Oh god! Also, I know I already mentioned Sister Magna, but like her reveal when she like there's like the music and it's like ah, and she like rolls like out. And she's in. The- <laughs> I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Oh, also, I was really confused. Because when Elliot comes looking for the script and he's like, Sophie, like, you know, blah. oh no, Hardison calls out, yeah. Sophie, we need the script or whatever. And she just yells back. I assumed he was talking on their little fucking yeah. con pieces. And I was like, why is she yelling? <laughs> Who's, where is she? Who is yelling? It took, I was so confused because I was like, normally they cut to the see the person. And then she just rolls out. And then she just rolls. He was excellent. He was, I, that was one of the moments where I literally just started laughing really loudly and obnoxiously and I feel bad because my roommate was probably still asleep yeah. uh, and she probably wasn't after that scene but I'll blame you because you made me watch Leverage and Leverage made me laugh so yeah. that's good isn't it yeah it's good but Speaking I feel like my roommate maybe me doesn't laugh, agree when Parker's trying to get the, like okay the orphan children like the first shot we get of them in the room oh just ripping my fucking heart out I mate. know but the moment when she's trying to get them to like leave with her when she has no plan. Oh my god. And she's like Hagen does. And she's, and she's she first starts out by saying, like, accidentally saying, uh, the tomato is shiny. Uh it, I will make your tomato shiny. I will make your tomato shiny. And then the next one. Men will sadden you. Like say Fucking babe. hilarious. Babe. Fucking hilarious. The only man who hasn't disappointed me is my dog. Okay, but yeah, so yeah, men will sadden you. I was like, okay, yeah. Fucking iconic. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> no. Oh, actually, I really, I want to, this is kind of more okay. of a serious topic. Yeah. Okay. Not to bring it back down, but, mm-hmm. so they at the end they save the kids, right? Which yeah. is excellent. Obviously, we don't want the children staying in the horrible, horrible, horrible shed. Yeah. Because I think to call it an orphanage is a bit of a fucking stretch. Like, yeah. it's a shed. It's literally a warehouse they're using to stole away illegal ammunition. Exactly. And children. Yeah. Which is just horrible. Bad combination. Yeah. Uh, either one of those things is bad. <laughs> Combining them is just atrocious. Mm. 
so and they get they get Luca to the couple from the beginning, which is which is lovely. He's yeah. obviously happy to see them. It's, it's you know it's nice. It makes you feel good and warm fuzzies. But yeah. so how are they like legally adopting him? Oh, Hardison's fudging all the paperwork. Oh, it's there's nothing legal about it, babe. Okay, don't, don't you worry. Because like, I was like sitting there like, okay, but what are they just gonna put this kid on a plane and just take him? Like that's no, nah, that's nah. not how that works. Hardison is a hundred percent. Forging okay. all the adoption paperwork. Like, they're huh. not just, like... Okay. That, that's just implied. That's... All right. All right. Because I was If kind there's of ever just... something that you're like, huh, how do they get away with this? Like, legally, how do they get away... You just assume that Hardison is fudging he the paperwork. Okay. Because I was like, this is really lovely and all, but yeah. also, you what, are you just going to put him on a plane and take... That's not how adoption yeah. works. Like, that's not even how adopting, like, an animal works, yeah, let alone like, a child. <laughs> like, yeah, no, 100% Hardison is just, like... Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that solves that problem, then. Um, faking up the correct shit. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Not a problem, then. Oh, let's talk about how Parker fights. Ooh, yeah! Because we get a fight scene with Parker, which I think is a first. I yeah, well, the First one, at least, that's, like, extended. Yeah. I feel like maybe we've seen little bits and pieces before. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I completely forgot to make a note of it, but I thought about it when I was watching the episode. It very much reminded me of um, Buffy. Yeah. It's very scrappy. It's very using whatever you have on hand. It's, like, yeah. thinking ahead. Like, her using his stab wound against him that mm-hmm. she literally made in the first yeah. place. Yeah. No, I thought it was really good. I thought it was... I appreciate when you have a fight scene where you've got one person who is smaller in stature versus yeah. someone who is larger in stature, that they don't just show the smaller person somehow overcoming them with brute force because yeah. that doesn't like the whole doesn't thing, make sense. It doesn't make sense unless you have somebody who's like small but insanely buff, yeah, and somebody who's like or big and tall but not really active at all and doesn't have a lot of anything behind them other than just. Pure mass. For some reason, like, incapacitated or, yeah. or you know, just one person. Yeah. Like, if you have someone who is smaller in stature with, like, an amazing fighting skill. Yeah. Versus someone who is really large with, like, limited size. Yeah. Like, obviously. But when you've got people who are, like, otherwise equally matched in skill and ability, but one person is, like, larger. Yeah. It's, you, you have to have a believable reason why the smaller person is able to out, yeah. like, you know, obviously... Outmaneuver them. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I appreciate that in this instance, like, we have her using the things that she has around her to her, like, at her disposal. Like, she yeah. pulls herself up so that she yeah. can kick him harder with both feet at a yeah. higher angle. Like, that's clever, you know. And was... especially when you consider a lot of Parker's strength is, like, what sort of strength do you need to scale a building? Yeah, she's very lean. Like, yeah. it's not, like... A lot of her not like athletics Elliot, very different like, strengths. It's like parkour. Yeah. Climbing, flexibility. Flexibility. Yeah. A lot of that sort of stuff is what she needs and what she's developed. She doesn't have like... Yeah. She's much more dexterous. It's, yeah. it's like looking at the physique of like a rock climber yeah. versus the physique of like a wrestler. Yeah. Like very different builds because mm-hmm. you're using different muscles and different techniques and different like positions a lot. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so your muscles and stuff are equipped to do different things. And, yeah, so I think it's interesting. And it really reminded me of Buffy because they do a lot of similar stuff in those fight scenes yeah. where she's obviously usually the smaller, petite person yeah. in the in the fight. And so they have her, yeah, doing stuff like using the things around her, pulling herself up to higher leverage, getting onto her leverage, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting herself in 
like positioning herself to her advantage, not just in terms of like her physical stance, but also where she is standing and why, like where does she move? She goes on top of the table so that she can jump and have a higher vantage point. So she has gravity working for her instead of against her and like all these things. And so, yes, no, I thought it was, I also love all the children crowded around, like wanting to see her pummel the shit out of this one dude. (laughs) But also they can't just have their protagonist beat the shit out of a dude in front of a room full of children. Yeah, exactly. Like like, they still got her out of the room so they can only hear the fight and don't see her. Which, again, the fact that the way she gets the children to follow her is like, hagen Yeah, fucking hilarious. And the kid's like, yeah! Um, I too would follow a strange lady for hagen <laughs> So. Um, oh, the one, the one critique that I yeah. do have of Parker in general throughout the scenes in the orphanage, quote-unquote orphanage, in the shed, yeah. um, she doesn't have her hair up. Yeah. And I only critique that because I know it's very common across media, but we do critique it in Supernatural, so I'm going to critique it here. She had her hair up for the fancy, like, dinner party thing. Because she's a waitress. She's a waitress. Makes sense. But it would have made more sense for her hair to be down in that scene and up in the other. Like, it it should have been up in both, really. But the fact that it was down in the scene where she's in the big shed, like, Mm -hmm. sneaking around and whatever, like, it's impractical. Should have been up. Just celebrate the fact that we get her hair up at all. True. Yes, actually, very true. There's a terribly low bar to set for media. never wears his hair up. <laughs> You're correct. He doesn't. <laughs> and here's the thing. I know that Park is not an equivalent of Sam. No, the equivalent is like Elliot. But even Elliot wears his hair up. <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to touch on yeah. was that they had uh, Irene have the line, the audience wants to see me die. <laughs> And Nate's like, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and it really, I was like, this feels like a meta, yeah. like, for it's, it's a fun moment. little meta thing that they can make because they're pretending to be on a film set. Yeah, it was really fun. And I was just like, that's, yeah. Because I, yeah. I, ne- I don't necessarily want to see people die in my yeah. media. Like, it, it's funny. You'd think that I do, given the media that I tend to watch. But <coughs> Rin Chester. Exactly. Um... But yes, no, I just thought it was like a fun little sort of throwaway where it's like, yeah, the audience fucking hates you. Yeah. They want to watch you suffer. Uh, and he's right. We and do. like, it's a little jab. Like, he, he's just getting in a little jab at her of like, oh, you're a fucking horrible person. Like, Yeah. Yeah. He's like, like, what person in their right mind wouldn't want you to like be sort of be yeah. brought to, to justice in a way? Okay. I have yet another question. Yeah. Now... The last couple of episodes, you have been asking me, oh, Bethany, what do you think is happening with the overarching plot? And I've been like, well, Jamie. I swear to God there is one. It's just very subtle. I am, I just don't believe that there is one. And so I today, because you keep telling me, yeah. and I mentioned this earlier, you know, everything has a meaning and you got to like watch for the little things and they'll come up yeah. later. I'm like, okay. So I, I noticed the X on the gun and these yeah. bits. Do you know what else I noticed in this episode? Mm. You want to have a guess? No. No? I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Just tell me, yeah. I notice... Because if I guess something, it might be spoilery. Oh, good point. I noticed that... And it's not... I'm not patting myself on the back okay. for noticing. Yes. This is not like a tiny, intricate detail. Yeah. Elliot's fucking face, when they're in the conference room, he's got like the like cut yeah. or whatever, and he's like been whacked. Yeah. And it's somehow relevant to him being in a lesbian bar. Which so the like, idea is he hit on the wrong person at the lesbian bar and they... I mean, I get that. Yeah. But... 
I also just love this concept that he somehow ended up in a gay bar and like a gay bar for women specifically and did not know. Like, did he just walk into this bar and go, huh, the ratio in here is (laughs) and just be like, this must be my lucky day. So he's got this like, you know, thing on his face and it's on his nose. He's holding the ice pack and they make kind of a point out of it. And then it's dropped. He has nothing. There's no injury. By the time they go to the fancy party, there's nothing. And I was like, Surely this is going to come up later. No. And it fucking didn't. No. His face just gets miraculously healed. No. <laughs> did they just... Did they do that purely for the point of him being like, I went to a lesbian but Was that it? <laughs> it worries me that you're laughing so much. No, I just realised that I forgot to make a note of something that I did actually have to talk about. Because this is fun background information. Which is the cuts Did on his face are real. Did he actually get by a lesbian? No. Okay. <laughs> so he used to have a weekly poker game with Tim Hutton. And one the night like before they filmed this, he decided at 1am to go out with Tim Hutton to play some like football like, and toss the football back and forwards. Uh-huh. Slipped on a patch of ice and fucking fucked up his face. He managed to cut the shit out of his face. Like the asphalt burns and that. All genuine real. Oh. And you know how I was speaking earlier about how they just make up a whole bunch of shit for Elliot and people are like, oh, that's unrealistic. Like, no one. Yeah. This is, like, another it's just Christian Kane thing. <laughs> like, literally, the reason that it's only in, like, that first scene, it was only initially in two scenes. The first scene uh-huh. and the gala scene where it was healed enough that they could cover it with makeup. He healed literally so quickly <laughs> that it lasted, like, a day and a half and then it was healed enough that they didn't have to worry about it for the rest of the shoot. Is this man made of magic? insane that's why i'm laughing so hard because like the lesbian bar joke was just a throwaway line to excuse oh, the i'm angry now because i thought <laughs> to excuse the fact that he had massive cuts really on his here. face i was really here sitting are we gonna get like so like are we gonna have an episode that's about a gay bar i would be into that i was like yes excellent i'm thinking <laughs> no it's like it's literally just that he managed to fall on his face and was significantly injured and the like they had to address it somehow otherwise he's just randomly injured in a scene for no reason surely they could have just had a profile shot of him instead of a full like do you know what's funny i didn't even notice that anything was wrong until nate was like what's up with your face like i would not have noticed Kind of like you with Sam's cast. Yeah, but I would argue this is more obvious because it's right on his face. face. Whereas Sam's cast was kind of like it, like the Under three layers of plaid. It was under three layers of plaid (laughs) and it was similar colour to his skin tone. Yeah. Like it was like that fake. I was, I'm really upset now because I was really hoping that that was going to be like, oh, I picked up on something that's actually important because they made a point of it and then they got rid of it. And I was like, well, that's going to be irrelevant. Because he just Christian Kane has mas- magic skin. He he just magically healed that quick. Oh, I'm so annoyed. Which is I actually have a screenshot of the exact quote about that, so I'll bring it up and I'll I'll read it to you because it's fucking hilarious. The injury that Elliot was holding an ice pack to in the beginning looked pretty real. Was that make up or Kate Christian Kane's own stun induced damage? So the reply from the Dean Devil and the creator, no, I think it's John Rogers actually, the other creator, there's two creators, I think this one's John Rogers, he says, somebody went out at 1am after his weekly poker game with Tim Hutton and somebody started tossing around a football until somebody <laughs> slipped on the asphalt in his goddamn <laughs> cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, they make a joke about him playing cowboy in this episode. Miraculously, and I mean miraculously, that somebody heals at a weirdly supernatural speed. We only had to cover the problem in two shots. The lesbian bar joke was an onset throwaway, I think. Seriously, the entire asphalt burn was healed in under three days. The doctors were freaked. It definitely supports the idea that shit kicker actually has a genetic component. That is hilarious. I also love that I use the word miraculous and they use the word miraculous. It just seems to be the word to use for his face. It just, yeah, but no, so that is, that is the, um, the backstory to that lesbian, lesbian bar, bar joke. joke. That is. It was a throwaway line on set, which is why it doesn't really sound like it was thought through that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit. Well, in that case, I have another question for okay. you. Sophie tells Elliot to give Irina a backhanded compliment. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, beautiful eyes. And she's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And he's Your like... eyes are so blue. Almost too blue. blue. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> How can someone's eyes be too blue? I don't know. I feel like I've seen Supernatural stands describe Michelle Collins' eyes that way. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of fair. But <laughs> I stand corrected. Never mind. His eyes are unreal. I love, though, that that's the backhanded compliment yeah. he goes with. Like, that's why he chose. To be fair, though, when she said backhanded compliment, I was like, how the fuck are you supposed to give someone a backhanded compliment? Like, the only time I think I have ever given a backhanded compliment was when it was completely unintentional. Like, I did not mean for it to be a backhanded compliment. I meant for it to be a genuine compliment. It just came out sounding kind of backhanded. And it's always with one of my friends who I'm, like, close with. And they kind of look at me and I just go, that's not what I meant. And we both burst out laughing. And then they make fun of me for it for the next 30 minutes. So I don't know how anyone could like... Oh man, we are very different people. I'm just very petty. (laughs) Okay, so you're like doling out backhanded compliments left, right and center? Oh, I'm not. (laughs) How do you think you get away with insulting my co-workers when they're fucking idiots? Oh, (laughs) I tend not to insult my co-workers. I'm too scared people will not like me. <laughs> That's why I end every sentence with ha-ha, both in real life and via message. Oh, God. But, um... Emotional damage. Um, I have one more note. Yeah, okay, go for it. My one note... Okay. ...is that... It's in all caps, but I'm not going to yell because okay. I bad for the I don't want anyone's eardrums to be burst. But not that that usually stops me. They didn't get a copy of Sophie's acting. No, they didn't. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. Like the one time she's a good actress, fuck? literally in an actress setting. Oh, I felt, and she like acted her little heart out in that barn. She's, oh, she deserves to go to Paris for compensation. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They better take her to the Louvre and let her take what she damn wants. Like, honestly, their next but job honestly, must, should be stealing the Mona Lisa. Honestly, though, the, I think the really fun thing is at this point, Parker's, like, emotionally bonded her. Like, they, the rest of the team doesn't know. Yeah. But Parker has, like, bonded herself to, like, all of them. Yeah. Like, Parker's, like, this like is... Like a duckling. Yeah, like a duckling. Like, she she never really had a family, so she, she's like, now they're a family. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really funny because moving forward, you see this a lot, and it happens with, like, all the characters. They're all like, oh, we're family now. Mm-hmm. So if Sophie was like, oh, I kind of want the Mona Lisa... Parker would 100% fucking It would be for Christmas. It. it would, like, Parker wouldn't even hesitate. She'd be like, 
ooh, I get to break into the Louvre. Like, yeah. she'd be like, ooh, new security system. Like, this is fucking Christmas for me. Dude, I would love to see a Christmas episode of Leverage where they're all just like, like they have a wish list and mm. it's kind of almost a competition. Mm. So like, so yeah. if he's like, well, I want the Mona Lisa yeah. and Hardison's like, And well, they do like I... Secret Santa, like you get a name out of a hat and everyone's yeah. like, I want you to steal this for me. Yeah. And then each of them have to go and try and steal that thing. Yeah. Like Hardison's like, well, I would like access to the Hubble space station. Like, so, you know, like. I... Oh, he already has that. Mm, no, I just I love the idea that they like have a secret Santa, but it's kind of like competitive, yeah. and just like the end of the episode is just like them all like in various states of disarray, like yeah. someone's missing an eyebrow because it got singed off, and someone's like whatever, and under the tree is like the Mona Lisa, <laughs> and like I don't know whatever Nate wants a new hat, you yeah. know, and just I just think <laughs> I just think that'd be really oh funny. god I can't really wait to get funny. to the Christmas episodes with you. There are Christmas episodes, yeah. dude. There are Christmas episodes. Oh, there are Christmas episodes, and they have. I love Christmas episodes. They have guest stars. Ooh, okay, so okay. Featuring recurring characters. Okay. No spoilers. I, can't tell you who. I'm into this. I kind of hope it's those two FBI guys. I feel like they would be excellent additions to any Christmas party. They'd be yeah. like those two dudes who are like awkwardly standing by like the food and drink station. By the way, when I say that, I'm usually the awkward person standing next to the yeah. food and drink station. I'm just like, if I keep putting things in my mouth, no one will expect me to talk. I think there are three different Christmas episodes. Cool. Some are more themed than others, and one of them is in the reboot. Oh, okay. But there's like there is while. there is a couple in the main run. The, there's one that's definitely like and when we get to like the name you will be like oh this is yeah this what is, is a, it like the die hard job or some no. shit <laughs> it's like a little tiny minuscule it's called the ho 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 job that's fun I, I'm spoiling it because I'm gonna guess that it, this is not going to impact your prediction if you were told the next episode is called the ho 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 job if they do a fucking con where Elliot Nate and Hardison are all dressed as Santa Claus I will cry I think <laughs> Nate oh my god no Nate has to be Santa Claus because yep. that's the fucking funny hat <laughs> Also, Nate pretending to be Santa Claus is, like, the fucking funniest thing because you're right. He only has one, like, one method, one method of acting and it's make everyone fucking hate me. <laughs> Though I will say in this episode, Nate's actually, like, I didn't hate, like, and even when he's, like, crushing their dreams and is like, no, we can't save, like, he's like, we are not prepared for this right yeah. now. But we we'll will save back. this one child. We will make a plan and we will come back for the rest of them. We are not going in half-cocked. And then Parker's like, I'm going to go in half-cocked. Yeah, no. I Like I said, Nate was actually kind of likeable this episode. And I am horrified to say that because I've previously described Nate as the John Winchester of Supernatural. Yeah. Of Supernatural, the John Winchester of Leverage. Oh, here's the thing, I think. The, the main difference is Nate gets better. Oh, yeah, John gets worse. Nate becomes less... (laughs) Like, the more you learn about Nate, the more you're like, oh, he's not, like, necessarily a bad person. He's just an arsehole because he is not in a good mental or emotional state. Mm. John Winchester is like, oh, he was in a bad mental and emotional state. He decided to make that everyone else's problems, and then he never got over that. Like, 
John Winchester is if you took Nate from the first episode uh-huh. and he just never got he, better. He, got he never got over any of his mental or emotional trauma. He was like, I'm just going to get worse. Yes. We need to stop talking about Supernatural on the Leverage podcast. It's, it's just the one method that I know I can be like, ah, yes, relate to this. Which yeah. I also had a note that this is the closest the lighting and direction will ever get to Supernatural. And I actually think it works here because they're using it for a tonal shift. Yeah. Whereas it's just sort of like constant. No difference in tonality in Supernatural, but the lighting is kind of bad in this episode. But I think it's just because of the setting. Anyway, that concludes everything I wanted to talk about about this episode. Some things that I was like, oh, we could have talked about that longer, but like time. Yeah, so... Not making an hour and a half long podcast. Well, look, if you want to like ask us any questions or you we, want we, any more we thoughts... We barely touched on the whole Parker knows how to ID an orphan thing, which... Oof. Oh, yeah, we could have talked about that for 45 minutes at least by itself. Oh, I am really curious, though. Does this episode do anything to change your favourite characters? Oh, good question. Because I know you've been a hardest in stand up to this point. Yes. I, I think I stand by my previous... Yeah. Assessments. I still think that Harbison, Elliot, Parker are my top three yeah. interchangeably. I like. I love all of them. Depending on the episode, it changes. It's like I can't. Ha- I am the most stereotype bisexual person in the world in the terms of I cannot make a fucking decision. Like it's terrible. People are like, "What are your favorite color?" I'm like, "Look, it quite genuinely depends what I'm looking at. If I'm looking at a pink flower, my favorite color right then is pink." <laughs> But if I then turn around and I see a yellow flower or a red flower or the blue sky or a fucking green tree, I, it just depends. I saw something prettier in another colour, so that's my new favourite colour. Literally. Until I see something that's like, in a different what am I looking at right now? I see a lot of blue in this room. Blue is probably my favourite colour right now. But if you ask me... Can't relate. <laughs> if you ask me in like 10 minutes, it will be different. Same thing. Do I like cats? Do I like dogs? I like fucking both. All right. Whatever and that's I'm how I feel about these characters. That's how I yeah, literally. This is how I feel about these characters. Like I love Parker, Hardison, Elliot, all interchangeably. Depends yeah. which one is speaking at any given moment. That's the one I'm in love with. <laughs> um, so I get the bioenergy. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sophie and Nate. It's like I like Sophie a lot. But her involvement with Nate does make me like her less in general than I like the other three. And now I'm also kind of suspicious of her. Yeah. Like, I am now permanently suspicious of her. So I don't know if that's going to, like, change my view. Whether viewing, you just, like, forget about it eventually or if it's just going to be something that you like. Or if I'm going to be, like, constantly <laughs> suspicious of this woman. Anyway. And Nate, I mean, this is the first episode that I haven't hated him. So definitely I think I'm sticking with my predetermined rankings. Yeah. Which is just like basically a Ferris wheel. One, two, th- equal first place, Sophie, not Sophie, uh, Elliot Hardison Parker. Yeah. Fourth place, Sophie, fifth place, Nate. Yeah. But the, the, those three are just, they're tied. Yeah. And so whoever is currently speaking. Yes, whichever one I am currently watching, that's my favourite one. Okay. That's right. I was like, I'm waiting for you to like imprint on one like a little baby duckling. Oh, dude. Maybe you'll just imprint I... on all three of them. I yeah I don't think I'll imprint on just one even Supernatural I'm the same I'm like Dean's my favourite but then I see Cass and I'm like oh actually <laughs> and then Sam has a moment I'm like oh Sam I'm like I just I can't I'm terrible I'm fucking useless okay that brings us to the point of the episode where I ask you what do you rate this week's episode I'm gonna give this episode a strong four I really love this episode yeah 
It's really good. It, it finally gave me what I wanted, which is fucking backstory. Like, it's what I wanted. It's like, it. you said before we started recording, yeah. this episode really does have everything. And it does. It's got, like, humour. Like, I was laughing out loud. I yeah. was pissing off my roommate. You know, like... And then 30 seconds got, later, it's ripping your fucking heart 30 seconds later, I'm, like, emotionally scarred. Yeah. And then it's, like... The, the like, banter between, like, the characters. And then it's, yeah. like, the bonding. And then it's, like, the, you know, the warm fuzzies you get because they save the kids, you know? And, like, they fuck over everyone else. And, like, and that's, like, something you get every episode. But, you know, this one felt more personal because not only was it, like, they were screwing over the person who was doing this horrible thing, which, like, happens every episode. Yeah. But because of Parker's emotional tie mm. to it, you as the audience are also more emotionally yeah. tied to it. And also, I just feel like you can't watch a room full of orphaned children be abused and not want only good things for them. Like, yeah. you know, like, I just feel like... You want them to have Hagen dazs Yeah. And exactly. Which if Hagen dazs wanted to sponsor this episode... <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. Um, yeah, like... It just, it had a bit of everything, and I felt like it was really balanced. Like, it was not a sad episode. It no. was not a funny episode. It was not a dramatic episode, a character development episode, but it had all of those components. It, Very it's nicely. It's a really nicely balanced episode. Yeah, yeah. And so you could watch it for any of those components and enjoy it, or yeah. you could just watch it in general and enjoy it. Yeah. And so I think that's, I think it's worth giving it a four. Like, I'm not going to give away, like, any higher scores as of yet because it's yeah. still fairly on in the series yeah. and, like... You're I'm... learning from my mistakes where I gave a four, like, really fucking early and then I was like, oh, this was not a four. <laughs> exactly. And, like, but I, like, that's how I'm feeling right now. I feel like it is a four. There is still room for improvement. I am now more looking forward to seeing what's coming than I have been previously. Yeah. This is the first episode where I've been, like... Oh, I could actually get emotionally invested in the show. I'm saying, like, you're saying, like, the potential. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot more than, like, because it's been very fun. Yeah. And I've liked the characters. But there has been nothing that's been, like, like They have hook. such thick walls that it's, like, you, you feel like you're bloody using a pickaxe trying yeah. to get through them. Yeah. And this is the first little glimmer that you've got, like, a little hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, no, okay, I'm so glad that you really enjoyed it. Again, if you hadn't, I would have had to disown you as a friend. That's fair. Uh, the podcast would be over. I'd be like, I'm quitting Supernatural as well. <laughs> like, we had a good run, made it a year. Like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. The next episode is called the Jura Number Six Job. What do you think it's going to be about? I am super excited to watch this episode for a yeah. couple of reasons. One, because you are continuously telling me that the second half of this season is incredible. Yeah. Uh, two, this episode that I just watched was in fact really good. Three, you have talked non-fucking-stop about being excited about this episode in particular. Yeah. So I am looking forward to it. Yeah. Because, well, you really, really, really like it, which means that I will probably also really, really, really like it. Because as much as we argue on these podcasts, fundamentally, we tend to enjoy the same stuff. As much as we are the opposite people, we are the same person. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I hope it helps. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it either made a hell of a lot of sense or no sense yeah. at all and there is no middle ground. But yes. And also I'm intrigued because juror number six yeah. implies that there's going to be some kind of legal like yeah. case. So it seems like they're maybe running a con mm-hmm. during a like a court session. Yeah. And I just feel like that is 
mm-hmm. a fascinating concept. Like, what if they're like, what if they infiltrate the jury and are having to like convince the jury? Like, that's the con. Yeah. Like, that would be really interesting in terms of a plot, but also in terms of like a comment on like the justice system. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that would be very cool. So, I guess that's my prediction. Oh, that. I can see where you get that from, that. Yeah. Like, juror number six, like, Mm. specifically, maybe, maybe juror number six is the, if they're, if they're saying specifically juror number six, I have to assume that either juror number six is either the person they are helping. Yep. Or the person who is their target. Yep. Or is maybe one of them. Mm. Like, I feel like if they're calling out that specific individual, they have to be somehow more relevant to the, the overall... Of those three options, which one would you be most excited to see an episode about? Uh... Like, which one of those, like, theoretical storylines in your brain would you like to see most? It's hard because I guess it would depend on what the case mm. was about. I feel like it would be fun in a way to have one of them be the sixth juror because it would mean someone was in the room yeah but in saying that the con could be that it's the five of them in a room and then the sixth juror is, is the, the only person one not them. yeah is the person that they're conning and that mm-hmm. could be really fun and i feel like it would also be really interesting from like just like a psychological perspective because if they were all in the one room then, like, Hardison can't be on the outside doing research yeah. and shit. He has that all acting. Oh, God, fucking, if we get another stupid hat from Nate. <laughs> mm. Anyway, they'll be inside and he'll be wearing a fucking hat and he'll be mm. so annoying. I, I kind of hope that's actually not it now. Just because I don't want to see I'm that. sorry, but I'm just really curious. Would wearing a stupid hat outside make it any better? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So yes, it it's the, the stupid hat specifically inside that oh, really bugs the me. The stupid hat annoys me. Full, full stop. stop. But it's more annoying when he wears it in a car. Yeah. While driving. So it's in like... In a hospital. It's like a level 10 annoying if it's inside stupid hat. It's like a level 5 annoying if it's outside stupid hat. Yeah. Maybe not quite that. Like, I feel like it's a level 7 annoying okay. just in general. Okay. And then it's like a level 12 annoying. Inside. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. I'm just like... Like, at least I'm trying to work out, is, is the stupid hat... Make it environmentally appropriate. Like, okay. I'm not going to shame anyone for wearing a hat outside. I'm a big supporter of slip, slop, slap. Yeah. But he wears the dumbest hat. Here's the thing. Sophie's like, I'm going to be this character, so I'm going to do, like, a full outfit, change my hair, my makeup. Everything's going to reflect this character. It's, it's like, I'm going to put on this hat <laughs> and yell a lot. <laughs> I cannot wait to get to Jimmy Papadopoulos. I cannot wait. That sounds like a Sesame Street character. <laughs> I am so excited for us to get to the point where you understand what I'm saying because I I'm just if that'll ever happen. <laughs> I'm oh, <laughs> I cannot wait. It, it is gonna be okay. A, oh, sounds good. Okay, so you're thinking basically something courtroom related, some sort of jury trial. Maybe the judge is corrupt. Oh. That would be... To be fair, they've already done that. They did that that similarly, I guess, with the mayor. But no, no, he was a judge. Oh, the yeah, job, was that, is, judge. that was the judge, yeah. He just was, like, in charge of the town, which made him feel like a mayor. Okay, side note then. Maybe 
maybe the judge is the person that they're helping, but that kind of also makes the judge dodgy. Yeah. So either way, dodgy judge, that would be kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of different... Wait, wait, wait. What if one of them is the defendant? Like one of the leverage team is getting sued. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it could be, it could be too, because it, so I'm pointing at you a lot. It could be that like Nate is getting called back in. Like maybe it's something to do with Sterling. Maybe mm. there's like a thing with his old, I don't know what my arm's doing. I'm like doing the robot. <laughs> so I'm loving this energy. I, maybe. Yeah. So maybe it's like. Something has gone down in, like, some, like, old insurance investigation. Because, mm. like, a lot of money would be involved there. It would make sense. So it would be a legal case. Yeah. Sterling, we haven't seen Sterling since the horse thing. And, yeah. like, he, I know, is going to be coming back at some point. Like, because he's looming. Like, yeah. So, like, and we know that he has, like, him and Nate have, like, that animosity. So what yeah. if Nate is the defendant? And then he can't run the job. <gasps> oh, Actually, that's what I hope. It, it, okay. If he wears, and he won't wear a hat because he'll be playing himself. <laughs> That's it. That's my dream. That's your dream. Okay. Now, if it's not that, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> that can be the good leverage that lives in my head. Yeah. Or maybe if I get invested enough, that'll be the first fan fiction I write. Because okay. I love that. Okay. That is impec- Some predictions were there. <laughs> I've made like eight. <laughs> I, I can't tell you if any of them are correct. I feel like I just overwhelmed you with so much information. <laughs> I, now I know how you feel when I'm just sitting here like, but what of this? Off the cuff, But yeah. what of this? But maybe it's this blood. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, maybe like, you know, three little tiny aspects of that thing are correct, but I can't tell you if it's three or if it's th- two yeah. or if it's one or if it's zero it's hard or if it's like eight of those things were correct or if it's like... Eight of my eight predictions were correct. <laughs> That's just a rotation. Like, and I'm just like... They were just taking turns wearing the same dumb fucking hat so that people would get confusing them. Or like Clark Kent with his glasses, except it's just Parker wears the dumb hat. So they're like, oh, must be Nate. (laughs) Anyway, we need to wrap this up. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble about this episode that I really love for like an hour. And turns out I kind of like. Incredible. (laughs) I am honoured. So honoured. She's finally getting to the point where she likes leverage. And I'm just like... I am pumped because I think it only gets better from here. Ooh. I'm like, ah, I'm very excited. That is exciting. But if you want to interact with us, you can find Beth over on Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. And I think you should go and tell her if you think sleeping's a hobby or not. She maintains <laughs> that sleeping's not a hobby, but nothing, nothing is. But like... I'll start a poll. I think they're both kind of hobbies. I Look, we will... Depending on how busy you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start a poll. Come vote on our poll. I I don't know when it'll be. Depends on how organised I am. Probably sometime between this episode coming out and the next one. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Just Look, I always say that with, like, the, the episode tweets for the Supernatural podcast, and they never go out on time. Yeah. We should really fix that. Oh, I actually Just need generally. to do an episode tweet for the last episode. Yeah, because I went to retweet, and it wasn't there. <laughs> Alright. Anyway. Sorry. And if you wanted to interact with Jamie, you can always go and find her on our Tumblr at Thief Steals the Podcast. I feel like maybe what could be really fun, sort of in line with Parker's translation issues today, 
if you have ever had an issue with like translation, like let us know when your sort of language barrier issues yeah. have gone hilariously wrong. Or, or if we have anyone listening who is like bilingual or like, you know, knows multiple languages, could you let us know how to say men are stupid and horny in like whatever other languages you speak? Because I would Ooh. just love to be able to whip that out in any circumstance. Work it into the podcast. I think. <laughs> I just think that would be like, I would love to have that as like a party trick. Look, we say men are stupid and horny a lot. It'd be nice to have some variety. To yeah. say men are stupid and horny, but like, yeah, in a different language. Exactly. A little I fresh, like that. Little change. Anyway, so yeah, hit Jamie up with your language dilemmas. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully, we'll see you all next week for the Jura Number Six job. Bye. Bye. I, I always do like a little salute or something, and I know no one can see me do it, but it's like important to me that it's there. Look, one day we may switch to a visual podcast. <gasps>